Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Unplugged podcast where we are all about what are we all about? Inspiring wellness and engaged living in the digital age. <laughs> all right. Welcome. My name is Sebastian Sloven, and with me, of course, is Sonia Muhammad. What up? Well, it's been we've had a little hiatus, Sonia. Yeah. From the podcasting world, but it's good to be back. It feels it's good, really to, good be to be back. back. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Getting ready. So, in this episode, exciting episode. We are going to talk about parenting and screen time. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. So, um, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. All right, time's a ticking. Uh, let's see here. Well, just let's give a quick shout out because it's been a little while. Quick shout out to the Soft Pack, <laughs> our friends, mm-hmm. the band who did our do our intro and outro song. Much love to the Soft Pack. Okay, back to it. So, uh, here's a little just kind of like primer to this that many many parents share that they feel overwhelmed and unsure of what to or where to start when it comes to helping their children have healthy relationships with technology right and uh as sonia said attention is today's new currency and smartphones tablets streaming services and video games have got a zombie-like hold on us <laughs> zombies are scary zombies are scary um, so, you know, this is a new thing. A lot of these devices and apps and everything are brand new. We don't totally know what they're doing to especially young children because some of the stuff is so new. But in this episode, we're going to explore a few articles that we've read recently that kind of um, shine some light and give some tips and tools on how to be a good parent in this wild digital age. Yeah, and acknowledging that... Uh, in this newness, there isn't any sort of old sage advice to or wisdom to lean to lean on. You know, it's not like our parents or our grandparents have seen this in their lifetime and can share with us what worked and what didn't. Uh, so we're all in it together, sort of learning together along the way. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, disclaimer: We're not parents. No, nope. you and I, we're not parents. No, nope. not yet. Uh, but we do work a lot with, or and we work a lot with kids and families. Mm-hmm. So we we're around a lot of parents. This is you know a big part of our work. Um, so we'll be kind of leaning on that and uh, these articles. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting statistic. You ready for this? Yeah. This is from Common Sense Media. We're big fans of Common Sense Media. If you don't know about them, check them out. Ninety-eight uh, percent of families with children now have smartphones. Young children consume over two hours, like very young children, I think it's probably like, you know, four, five, six, consume over two hours of media per day on average. Tweens take in about six hours per day, and teens use their devices for nine hours a day. What? That's a lot. That's a lot. And that may sound crazy, like that's impossible. I think the way they put these numbers together were um, there's a possibility for combining uh device use so you know let's say someone's watching tv and listening to music or playing a video game and listening to music that kind of doubles the 
amount of time. Mm-hmm. But it's still a lot, regardless of doubling up or not. Yeah. Kind of nuts. Kind of nuts. So let's let's jump into this a little bit. Uh, this um. There's this article, uh, and the the title of the article, one of the articles that we reviewed for this was what the screen time experts do with their own kids. So this is a really interesting article because it kind of, the author, Anya Kamenetz, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, interviewed a few, I guess, specialists or researchers in some different areas, pediatricians, uh, sleep researchers, et cetera, and kind of came up with these different recommendations based on, uh, or just seeing what the experts did with their own kids. Yeah, and one of the interesting things that we found from that is the variety of what was being used. I mean, there wasn't, you know, a magical silver bullet that fixed everything for every child. Um, And these experts are are in different fields, you know, so you get a different perspective uh, based on that, too. And I think it speaks to finding something that works for your family and being willing to navigate and negotiate and let it sort of evolve and, and figure out what works for you all and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the one of the people in this talked about doing like creating uh house rules around tech around screen time, right? Like having I don't know if this is like a sign they post in their house, but it was like pretty explicit rules, you know, uh I don't know exactly what they were, but it was fairly strict, but that it was the idea that they were like up for everyone to see. Yeah, well, in in the article in general, it's like looking at these specific experts and then talking about what their specific house rules are. So they all sort of right. have house rules. And then some of them make them really explicit and visible. Um, and some they're just more informally talking about, like, this is a rule we have in our house. Um, but, yeah, I think something that um, can be challenging for parents is uh, just remembering exactly what the specific terms of the agreement is. So, uh, you know, if you create something, you feel really good about it. Um, and perhaps it has like some specific time limits or days of the week, et cetera. And then you get into your life and it's busy. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks goes by and then you're like, what, what did we all agree to? And so there's this piece that's important of writing it down. Um, one, so that everyone can just ensure that they're on the same page and thinking about it at the time of its inception and creation. Um, but then, you know, allowing ourselves you know, some humanness and potentially forgetting what we agreed on and being able to go easily back to it. Right. Yeah. That's something we've explored, you know, working with families and young people on healthy boundaries with, with technology is creating like a, a contract basically that is, mm-hmm. that is up and visible for everyone. Uh, you know, we're of course not dictating what those particular rules are for any specific family, but I think the idea is to help them decide on what makes sense for them and their particular dynamics and have it visible for everyone to see, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, one hour of screen time per day or, you know, no screen time during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, getting all that really specific or like, you know, specifically no screen time, no technology at meals, no screen time or technology in a particular room, all that stuff. Yeah, and cutoffs, you know, around bedtime and waking up and ensuring you get good, healthy sleep. Pretty big, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Some good stuff in here. I like this. This is, um, I like this. This is just a little tidbit from the from the article that I liked. It was a, uh, an obesity, anti-obesity doctor, Tom Warshawski. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. 
And he has this um, this formula that they explain. It's called the five two one zero, which means five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. That seems pretty ambitious, but that's awesome. No more than two hours of screens. That's the two. One hour of physical activity. Awesome. And no sugary beverages. Mm. That's a little fun thing. So, you know, if you're out there listening at home, come up with your own. If you can use the five two one zero deal, if that works for you, or you can come up with your own. Uh, but I think that's a cool, like, clever little thing to make sure you're getting your daily your daily parameters with vegetables and screen time and exercise and all that stuff. Yeah, and one, one other piece of advice that goes along with this is um, not making it overly complicated or tons and tons of rules. Like, start simple, start reasonable, um, and, and lean into it. You know, take you know, steps into it and don't try to make huge dramatic changes um, all at once. Good point, Sonia. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And this is, um, wait, let me pull this up here. Where are we at? Oh, yeah, this is interesting, too. This, I really like this. Um, there's another article. We'll, we'll reference these articles also in the, um, in the show notes. There's another one, I think by the same author, At Your Wit's End with a Screen-Obsessed Kit. Uh, and I think there's a lot of good stuff in this in this article, one of the things that I was really interested in and hadn't really thought about before, or at least in this terminology, was shifting, parents shifting from monitoring screen time to mentoring. Mm-hmm. Sonia, can you speak to that a little bit? You seem, you seem yeah. up to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, so even just the article we were just talking about um, is very much in the monitoring mindset of you know creating boundaries, which is really good and helpful, um, and is is just a piece of it. It's like understanding why kids are using um, devices and streaming services as well, and so it's pushing this idea of mentoring, where it's really trying to engage with your kids or your family members, because um, this can happen between partners too. It's not just a parent to child relationship. A lot of times, it's partner to partner too. Um, understanding why they're using what they're using, whether it's a video game, whether it's a social media outlet, et cetera, and then how that informs their identity. Like what, you know, a lot of times um, with how pervasive technology and smart devices are, uh, we build a lot of our identity in these virtual spaces. So it's understanding what that, what specific outlets mean to our kids um, and connecting with them on that. And then it, gives you a bit more, um, I don't, I don't want to say leverage, but a sort of a shared understanding to work from. And then, you know, the boundaries piece becomes a little easier because, um, you feel like you're in it together. You understand what the other person is doing a little more. Yeah. So it's, so with this mentoring thing, it's not saying don't have boundaries or don't, you know, stop monitoring altogether, but, you know, be aware of, it's not just all about the creating the uh the rules or the contract there's like mm-hmm. a another piece to it which is like shifting toward mentoring which is really cool um it's so interesting you know i think back to some some folks that i've some young people that i've worked with and this is really uh you're talking about like identity and and mm-hmm. like um you know, just becoming more aware of of what the the games or the apps or or what have you mean to them individually, and and I was just just thinking about how um, with certain games that they are uh, 
communicating with their friends in, in you know this virtual space mm-hmm. and they're not uh, this one person's particular case the people the friends were all over the place mm-hmm. different parts geographically speaking so it was the only time that they really had to hang out and kind of just sharing the, the challenges with having your core social uh, like groups being far far away and virtual mm-hmm. and so you know talking about Hey, wouldn't it be cool to do uh, like a real life, not, not that games aren't real life, but a, uh, you know, a nature outing with these friends, you know, going out and exploring a particular park or whatever. And, and they're just uh, not around. And that's tough. You know, so it's just like I think it is really uh, important to recognize the like how much how meaningful that is, if that's maybe your only close friend group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Totes. My goats. Interesting stuff. Anything else from that one, though, That uh, about m- mentoring? Uh, no, I mean, just to reiterate that, taking the time to understand the use, what, what our kids are using or what kids out there are using, um, is valuable just to your understanding of what what is going on in their lives like if they're going to be using this anyway isn't it good to sort of know what it is and then also it's it's such a it's taking something that is seemingly negative and using it as an opportunity to connect which is also a really bright side of it yeah that's cool and there was there was also writing about i think the power of like shared screen time mm-hmm. where that's like you know there's a lot of benefits to a family mm-hmm. you know having a family movie night and everyone kind of getting together and, and having a shared experience around a a show or a movie or something like that as opposed to everyone just being on their individual in their right. individual vortex right yeah i even remember um like when super nintendo first came out oh my goodness uh, we got it as a christmas present and like um me my mom and my old sister, school old school me my mom and my sister played and it was like so it was so funny it was, it's like something that stands out to me still because like even from what characters my sister and mom um chose and then how like conservative my mom was driving around with like the go-karts and stuff like taking like stepping off the gas for the turns <laughs> it's just really funny um and i think was really meaningful to me and my sister that she played yeah. it with us um so there's there's a lot of opportunity in it and you know just again to reiterate the boundaries are important like she didn't let us you know play it all day yeah um but again i mean we've talked about this if We've talked about this a lot in past uh, blogs, podca- podcasts, and you know, on our, certainly in a lot of our work, we're not anti-technology by any means. Um, and I think there's like a real, a, play, a very important place for knowing how to operate in the world of technology, and especially for young people knowing how to navigate mm-hmm. games and apps and computers and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're just going back to the sort of the rules, creating the rules and all that stuff. Um, there is research to suggest that if you are overly strict, um, you're likely going to get like rebellion or it's not, it's not going to be that effective if you're, you know, just like no social media, no screen time ever, or, you know, or, or extremely limited. Um, I kind of think of this as like the same as, you know, I remember when I was growing up, uh, you always have the friend whose parents like wouldn't ha- let them have any sugar at all, and then they'd come over to my house, or we'd be at some other friend's house, and they'd just go like mental on the uh, <laughs> or bananas on the sh- on the sugar, yeah, like a fiend. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of the same thing happens here. The kids who are 
who have zero access or strict boundaries go to their just go to their friend's house and go bananas. Right. Yeah, you're not total deprivation isn't setting them up for success because at some point they're gonna have to learn to navigate that space themselves. So it's all about the middle ground. Yeah. The middle way. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting stuff. Okay, a third article. A third article. What's this one called? It's called The Dangers of Distracted Parenting. Interesting. So this one this one takes a different look and the focus is more on uh, parents' use of technology rather than I think a lot of this is, you know, we talk to parents a lot or families a lot. It's all about what are the kids doing? Kids are doing this and that. The kids are out of control. Mm-hmm. But what about the parents? Pointing the mirror the other way. <laughs> Just kidding. Pointing the finger toward the parents. Examining the parents. Take it away. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so this article s- sort of starts out talking about um, how actually as parents, we have, well, I guess I shouldn't say we, um, there is a lot of, there's a lot more time with kids than there used to be. So just but on you are, average. you are an auntie. I am an aunt. Yeah. So we have a lot more time with kids collectively um, in the United States than we, than we did previously. Um, and it's examining what that time looks like and noticing that um, a lot of parents, you know, are also sort of engaged in potentially overusing technology. Now, it's different. Um, A lot of times it comes in the form of, you know, being on your computer, doing work emails, phone calls, um, perhaps, you know, social media, Facebook, etc. But really looking at how that distraction, you know, these really powerful smart devices and tools um, are distracting us and changing the way we are with our kids and how present we are. Um, Wait, can I just jump in? Yeah. Is the, I'm sort of confused by this one, is the, um, or maybe you have some information. If you don't, it's okay. Uh, So it's saying that parents are spending more time physically with their kids than ever before. Mm -hmm. And is that basically because, well, I'd imagine or assume that just with modern technology and like, I guess, more affluence than in previous times, or we're not like working on the farms so much anymore, mm-hmm. uh, that they're just around more? Is that kind of the idea? Or I just not like physically so. out working more? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the, the main cause or impetus is for it. but Yeah, but that's interesting. So it's basically saying that parents are around more physically, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. bodies, but maybe are, but are more distracted attention-wise right. yeah their presence is not as um stellar. solid stellar yeah, stellar um solid yeah so um it's basically calling parents to action to be a bit more reflective um to explore whether some of this is you know projection and is there anything you know that parents need to be changing first before um moving on to trying to modify their kids behavior yeah, I think of that. You ever heard that line? It's like, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of like that thing. So trying to, you know, walk, walk. the talk. Is it walk bit. the talk? Walk the walk? I think it's walk the talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's. I think that's really important. And like, right? We're auntie. We're auntie uncle uh, to a little one. And I see the. And of course, with with folks that we work with, um, see the challenges of or the the benefits and ease of throwing on a movie or throwing on an app mm-hmm. on a on a screen. So it's so, you know, there's definitely a, a place for this. Um 
and it's just and I think it is both and and important to look at what we are doing as parents role models uncles aunts etc yeah yeah I think one of the one of the most compelling examples that was given and really spoke to you know like different things are going to work for different children um and not being afraid to use um technology when it might benefit everyone um just being intentional about it and this um this idea that um you know a family the the youngest son really wouldn't have been able to attend uh his sister's graduation if he didn't have an ipad to help him get through the ceremony and so you know sort of making those trade-offs sometimes can be really beautiful to have the whole family there experiencing it even if one you know has a a, a screen um and that's potentially different you know it was an interesting example yeah um, I don't know that this was covered in the in these articles, but there's kind of also this. This is maybe a separate, separate conversation, separate podcast, but also kind of this issue um, where and this is maybe going kind of back on what you just said, but it's so easy, right, to give a to get to give a game, mm-hmm. an iPad or an app or whatever, a game to kind of quiet or calm a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this sort of issue where I think kids now are less able to do that for themselves or less able to, as they get older, to calm themselves down without an external device. Mm -hmm. I think like back in the day that was happening a lot more. And I think that's the foundation for, uh, maturity. Yeah. And I do think that actually does align with the example I gave. It, it would be a matter of not always going to the iPad to um, resolve a tantrum, but yeah. knowing that in certain, circum- certain circumstances um, that it can be a valuable tool to you know, help manage sort of a large social experience <laughs> yeah. that you want them to be a part of. Right. Um, but you know, if you're at home or if you're in a grocery market, like perhaps that tantrum just needs to happen, and we all sort of culturally need to be understanding of that and um, yeah. not shame a parent for a child having a tantrum. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. There's a whole a whole community that you know uh, involvement here. Yeah, it's like the community being okay with the tantrum, parents also being okay with the tantrum, mm-hmm. dealing with their own uh, emotions around mm-hmm. an unhappy. Or an unhappy for that time child, which yeah. is important. Takes a village. Yeah. I guess the problem is, right, when you're like a 13-year-old and uh, you're still using the app or the iPad to calm. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Okay. Anything else on that, Sonia? No, I think that covers, you know, three pretty different articles that all offer useful um, food for thought and advice and tips. Totally. Yeah. So we had the, the one article on setting the rules, the one article on shifting from monitoring to mentoring, and then also and the third article on really looking at parents, guardians, etc., looking at our behavior as adults. Great. A little challenge. Look at that. A little challenge for the day. For the week. Challenge for the week. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Okay, have one unplugged meal this week. Ooh, at least one unplugged meal with your family or friends or by yourself. Uh, you know, that means without any technology or media distractions. So no televisions, phone, computers, 
tablets, etc. And so a lot of people I'm sure out there listening are interested in this. It's like, oh, that's already part of my practice. If that is, consider adding a mindful eating practice or exercise to your meal. And we'll have a link to that. There's lots of lots of wonderful resources out there, but we'll have a link to a cool mindful eating practice, which is really all about fully engaging with your food, mm-hmm. step by step, chew by chew, bite by bite. Good luck with the challenge. Let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear about it. Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Nature Unplugged podcast. Uh, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And you can find our episodes on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, you know, other podcast platforms. Be sure to check out natureunplugged.com for more information and resources. You can also reach out to us directly from that site. Uh, let us know if you have any questions, comments, feedback, ideas for the show, or a potential guest. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And remember, look at each day as an opportunity to connect with nature and find a better balance with the tech in your life. Join the Nature Unplugged movement, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Don't want to know if you're leaving, if you can't decide.